What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast, Ballsy. I am Kevin Sherrington, and that is... Oh, can I say who I am this week? Yeah, you, sure, you, go you're, ahead. You're so... Just say it. I'm Barry Horn. Thank you very much. And joining us today on the line is the voice of college football, Fox's own Tim Brando. Thanks, Tim, for coming on with us. Another economically sound choice on your part for the Ballsy Podcast. <laughs> wow. That's an inside line there, and we won't even go into that, what that all that means. That's, we'll let it go. So, so Tim, this week you've got, uh, you've got some local, uh, a local game for, for this uh, podcast anyway. You've got TCU in Kansas. Yeah, and it's in, <laughs> the good news for TCU is that it's in prime time. It's on Fox. It's an opportunity for them to um, – Show the world how dominant they can be against uh, clearly an inferior opponent. But I will caution Horn Frog fans and everyone that's saying that, that I hear from in weeks like this. Oh God, Tim, you got stuck with that one. Whenever you say that in college football, okay. Whenever you say that in college football, just like last week, uh, not many top twenty-five matchups. Oh wait a minute, eight of the top twelve. There were eight top twenty-five teams out of 12 that I think were on the road that lost last week. And four of them were in the top 10. So, you know, if you start blinking on even Kansas, as TCU did three years ago, and they almost lost in Lawrence, and I was there with Brady Quinn for that game, so I remember it vividly, then caution to the wind should not be an issue for Gary Patterson getting his team ready this week because – if we haven't learned by now that in college football, these millennials in pads, you just don't know which team's going to show up from week to week. So that that's a that's a fact, and and I'm sticking to it. And you know who knows? Maybe by the time we get to halftime, uh, there'll be a lot of people going. Are you watching this? That's always good news for broadcasters. Okay, when 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 America says, "Are you are you watching this?" when a, when a game is maybe. A little bit surprising. But don't you think if, if TCU falters, which I don't think they will, they'll come out and they'll want to put half a hundred on Kansas in the first half just to show yeah. Amer- America, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're not this little school in Fort Worth. We're, we're a, you know, we belong up there with the Penn States, the Ohio States, all the, na- all the national uh, teams, the, the brand name teams. We belong with them. So I, th- I think they'll, yeah. try, they'll try to blow them out. But it's, I don't know if you're aware of the little controversy my uh, partner here, Kevin Sherrington, stirred up this week. The headli- it was, He'll say it's the, it was the headline writer who did that. But Kevin, what was the headline on your story uh, from the Texas OU game? Uh, the headline was that uh, uh, basically that uh, Oklahoma's victory preserved the Big 12's um, playoff hopes, which 
was not what I wrote. But it, at any rate, uh, that uh, the, yeah. the people in TCU got a little upset about that. And matter of fact, the Fort you Worth think? paper even wrote a story about they it. They wrote a column on your you, column. You, you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, there's no question that, that that was a good weekend for the Big 12 because Oklahoma State won, TCU won, and, and Oklahoma won which is more than you can say uh, for what happened out of the Pac-12 uh, and more oh, than you can say in the absolutely. SEC with Auburn. Of course, well, not, that, uh, that's, a, that's good for the Big 12, what happened in the Pac-12. Well, sure it Pac-12. is. Sure it is. But I think, you know, Tim, let me just ask you this. Now, I, I, not that we have any definitive answers anywhere after Clemson lost. I mean, who would have who would have uh, seen that coming? At least I didn't see that coming. Uh, so uh, what what other than Alabama, and I'm, well, I'm going to assume you're going to say Alabama's locked in, who is locked in in that Final Four for you? Anybody? No one. No one. Uh, I don't. At this stage, I can't. I, there are there are teams that have greater probabilities than others, and there are a couple of teams that fall into the possibility category if this or this goes. But I think that the, the the headline for me this week is what if? Okay, what if two teams out of the same power conference get in? And frankly, if you love college football more than you love a specific team, and that's 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 exactly who I am. You know, I name your team. Uh, I supposedly hate them. Okay, <laughs> right. As a sure. commentator, that's that's the that's the view of of all fans. But I love the game, and for the benefit of the game, just as I as I said in 2011, I I hated the fact that Oklahoma State was passed over, but I loved the fact that we had a rematch between Alabama and LSU because I knew that there would be hell to pay for the BCS, and there was. The creation of the college football playoff came because two teams from the same conference got all that money, and it pissed off all the power brokers of the other Power Five leagues. Exactly. So this is what we're staring at in 2017, the potential of two conferences that have great chances of getting two teams in. That, that would be the, one, the SEC. The Big Ten. And the Big, the Ten. Big Ten. and the SEC, yeah. The, which are already making more money than the other conferences. Right. So if you want to piss off uh, Larry Scott and, uh, and, and, and the Pac-12, you want Bob Bowlesby and anybody else in the Big 12, you want to piss off uh, the ACC. And, and this is the best thing. The best scenario is for the, for the good of the game. All right, is for either Penn State and Ohio State to both make it or for Georgia and Alabama to both make it. Because if that happens, I guarantee you the Cardinals will be in conclave immediately as they were in New Orleans <laughs> uh, in 2011, and they will come up with a 16 format or an 18 po- format. Uh, more than likely, in my opinion, a 16 because we crawl before we walk in intercollegiate athletics. We never do. We never go to the right choice first. It's never progressive. It's always reactionary. But I do think that that would definitely happen if we had two teams from the same league. It, we were dangerously close to it last year, uh, very, very close to it last year. And Washington kind of bailed them out, gave them an option. And with what happened to Washington this year, I don't think they're going to get that same opportunity after blowing up the way they did. Uh, against Arizona State. Now, you, you said you didn't see the Clemson thing coming. Well, if Kelly Bryant gets hurt in the first half and he can't play in the second, Syracuse, you know, they, they've got guys on scholarship too. They played LSU pretty tough in the second half. Right. That that can happen. I think Clemson gets Clemson gets a mulligan because of who they are, because of what they've done, and because of who they've beaten. You know, they've beaten Virginia Tech on the road. They've, 
beaten Auburn at home. Uh, they've, they've got quality wins to go along with that bad loss, which was the case last year when they lost to NC State. So right. they get a break. Washington doesn't have that. Washington, their best win is on the road at Colorado. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. No. And, and I'm not sure Washington can beat Stanford. After watching Bryce Love last week with my own eyes, I think that's the best team in the Pac-12 right now. I don't see – I had USC, you know, getting to the, 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 the Final Four this year preseason, but they look really flawed and, yes. and probably should have lost last week to Utah. So I, I think the Pac-12 is basically done. Uh, Washington State can't get past a seven-turnover uh, performance and five picks by Luke Falk against, you know, a bad Cal team. They can't recover from that, even if they went out. Washington, in my opinion, can't recover even if they went out, and I think USC's going to lose. So the, the teams in the best conferences right now uh, that, that have the best chance, and I don't think the SEC is the best league, but I do think they're top-heavy with two really good teams that have separated themselves. And if Georgia runs the table and Alabama runs the table, there, there'll be a very good possibility that if that SEC championship game is close, just close, okay, Alabama could win it, but if Georgia's competitive, you know, you can make a case that they, they might slot in there, you know, with the eye test alone. So, and Penn State's in a beautiful position um, to, to, to get in, and I think the committee's going to remember what they did to them last year. And let's, let's say it, they won the league. They were the system itself that they have in place allowed for them to pick Penn State, uh, to pick Ohio State over the champion who beat Ohio State on the field. Penn State was locked out last year. So uh, I think the committee would be very, very understanding of Penn State's plight uh, were they to lose a game. And I think Ohio State could run the table from where we saw them in the Oklahoma game. They could That game with Penn State is at home. Let's not lose sight of that. That game is in Columbus. So that's what we're staring at right now. And it would be in the best interest, I think, of, of the college game. All right? I don't care who wins. I think you guys know that. But in the best interest of the college game, root for two teams from the same league to get in this year because it will make them go to six, at least six teams, and give us an additional week. And I'm sick and tired of hearing people say, don't make it like the NFL. I'm like, well, what, are you, what are you talking about? We're not, we're not making it the NFL. We're extending the college football season by one friggin' week. And why do we surrender all of December – when people are at home and the ratings are through the roof to the NFL. There's nothing wrong with moving the college football season back a week. So so you're in favor of basically anarchy. You're an anarchist. You you want to see this whole yeah. you want to see this whole system implode so they so there could be a new No, I think the, I don't I think the system is fine. Let's just the, uh, uh, allow more access. Okay, so so you, you don't like but let me ask you this. Give me a scenario where the number 16 South Florida gets into the Final Four, and Charlie Strong wins a national championship. If you go to six teams and you allow for the American Athletic Conference to get a team in it because they're a part of the Power Six, not the Power Five, then you've got it. Even with six teams, you have five Power Conference champions, plus uh, I think the American Athletic Conference has earned that right. Not just Charlie Strong's team, but have you seen UCF? Central Florida is in, incredibly good. I mean, Scott Frost is on everybody's hit list, particularly up in Lincoln. Uh, there are a lot of good teams in that league. Memphis is good. Navy's good. 
my old friend Mike Oresco has done a really nice job there. I mean, if you go to eight, I think that really makes it fantastic. We, we don't need it to be any bigger than that. But my guess is they'll go to six first because that's just the way they roll in intercollegiate athletics. So if you were going to – I think the system – the system itself, though, Barry, saying to blow it up and start, we're not doing any of that. I think the committee does, for the most part, a good job, but they are put in positions where you'll not be able to look good no matter what you do with only four teams gaining access. We should have at least six teams. You could say Power Five plus one wild card, and if that wild card would be the American Athletic Conference uh, team, their representative, that's fine. But if the wild card happens to be a really good second team out of another power conference because the way they play, let them in. But we just need more access, is my point. So if you do that, uh, now you said you're going to back up the season, do you mean that uh, the game would come uh, another layer of playoffs after Christmas, or would it come early in the month of December? Well, they can figure that out on their own. Uh, I, I personally believe surrendering the month of December is a mistake, and I've never liked the idea of us waiting 35 to 40 days for teams to play because the game itself isn't as good by doing that. But I'm sure they're going to want to incorporate the bowls as they currently do, and that that still won't happen. Now, what you could do is allow for uh, the, the bowls to still get the four teams and let the, the games involving uh, the two teams that are trying to play their way in, because if you had six conceivably, right, yeah. you're going to have number six play number uh, three, and you're going to have number four play number five right. for the right, and, and one and two get a bye. So you could wait until you get to four teams before you started it in January. But, you know, that that's for them to decide. I just think that uh, greater access is for the common good. Um, and by the way, Barry, just to go back for one second to what you were discussing a little earlier about um, TCU really laying down the hammer and winning by – 50 or more, you know, hanging mm-hmm. more than half a hundred. That's, I, talk to any coach, any coach of a favorite team, and they'll tell you sometimes when that's the thought process of your team, that's, you know, you just need to try to win the game. When you start trying to blow out people, that's when kids start making mistakes. And then all of a sudden it's a struggle mentally to just win the, the game. So well, I, uh, that's something to think about. I just want to jump back to playing in December. Don't, don't the student-athletes who participate in football have to take final exams in December? Yeah, but I mean, does that mean we can't play on December the 9th or 10th? I mean, we're playing on December the 2nd. Uh, I, I just, I don't see why that should be a problem. And as for the student athletes, can we just put the pedal to the metal on that for just a second? <laughs> student, really? You're going to throw that argument up? I, w- I, I was, I was how just about, I was just throwing that out. about players trying to get themselves ready for the combine? I mean, that's what, I mean, come on, please. It, it just becomes so convenient uh, for those to, to pour water or cold water or dirt on a concept of greater access to say, oh, those poor student athletes. Well, those poor student athletes are taking days off during the year so they'll, uh, their draft stock will be fine uh, when the combines begin. So, you know, enough with that. But I, I've got – there, there are more reasons to play in December than to not play in December. So my, my point all along about uh, December is uh, – and I understand lengthening the season for certain teams, and, that, and that's not uh, an ideal situation. But if you did away – if everybody did away with their conference championship games – 
Then you could play that layer. You could play that first week of December uh, as your first yeah, round of playoffs. Yeah, they're not going to do that. There's too much money. Too to much money. The right fees that are paid for those title games is yeah. humongous. That's not going to go away. Um, listen, it, the, the conference commissioners are the ones that govern this game. The NCAA does not. They only make a mockery of the bowl sanctioning and uh, the policing of, of, of the sport, okay? That's all the NCAA does with college football. Um, so the conference commissioners run this thing. It's on them. They've got it. And, and I'm telling you, if two out of if, if three out of the of the five power five conference commissioners are pissed off after the final four selection process takes place, we're going to see six or eight teams next year. Okay. So if you love the college game and you want more of it and you want more access to the, the championship as a conference member. Uh, then, then you have to root for two teams out of the same league to get in this year. Yeah, to me, if if and I think it will come down to Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game, and if and if they take both of them, I don't care if it's a close win, you know, it's a blowout, whatever. If they, if they take both of them, then yeah, I, I think what you're talking about is a very real Can possibility. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, how, about this? How, how pissed off would the SEC be if two Big Ten teams got in? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, it's all about it's all about revenue and the sharing of revenue. And when when Alabama and LSU got all of that cash in 2011 for both teams participating in the BCS title game, I'm telling you, those smoke filled rooms in New Orleans couldn't get more packed more quickly. And 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 I mean, if you know your history of uh, of how decisions are made in college sports, understand that ching is what drives everything. All and, the money. And, yeah. It's all about the money. All right, now I want to go to uh, one of your favorite schools here. Now, you say you don't have a favorite, and I believe that, but you kind of have one that's a little closer to your heart than the others, and that's LSU. What in the world is going on at LSU now? Uh, they, they, they upset Auburn, and uh, and now I was I was trying to find nine wins for Kevin Sumlin, and I was counting LSU as one of those wins. I'm not so sure anymore, even after they won that uh, that game at Florida in Gainesville. I'm not so sure that, that LSU is, is one they can count on anymore. What's happened at LSU? No, well, listen, it's not as if uh, Orgeron uh, suddenly became a genius after being considered a buffoon and fell off a turnip truck at a, at a shrimp factory in South Lafouche the week before with Troy. Okay? He's the same guy. Um, I think this is just an illustration of what happens now in college football. Team looks really, really bad. And this is why Saban is – the best at what he does. He has his team with an edge all the time. Okay? Uh, this whole rat poison thing. Yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> when, when he goes in that direction, he is he is like the preacher in the pulpit, not just for his, his team, but his fans. I mean, he wants to brainwash them, too. He manipulates and utilizes the media, scolds them in mass, so he can drive home his point to his players and to his legion of fans who all go to church at St. Saban's, you know, in, in Alabama land and in, in the crimson and white. So with, with that in mind, uh, that's why the other coaches are paling in comparison to him. What happens is you know, LSU plays Troy. They, they not only uh, didn't look good, they were outplayed and outmuscled at every position on the field, their, their defensive front gave up tons of rushing yardage in that game. All right, so they're, they're told all week long, you suck, you're awful, uh, and, then, and then 
do what? They go to Florida, and they, they play a Florida team that's challenged offensively like they are. Right. And they, they defensively outplayed Florida, made a couple of plays, got a turnover here or there. Florida misses an extra point, and they get out of there with a win. So they derive confidence from that, go back home, now down 20 to nothing. They, they decide, you know what, we're not going to be called buffoons and fools again. And not going to be. They they actually played with great grit and determination, and 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 Orgeron got their attention. I think uh, after that Troy game, and uh, Danny Etling played his best game. They got a punt return for a touchdown. The fact that they came from twenty down and that's shocking everybody. Wait a minute, didn't did did A M not have a thirty four point lead uh, at UCLA? In the second half? That is correct. I, mean, I believe they did. So a twenty point deficit erased is no big deal. It's it's happened before. So too much was made of the Troy defeat. LSU reacted to that. I, I don't think you should then give too much credit to LSU for an emotional turnaround. What, can they sustain it? I don't know if they can beat uh, Ole Miss and Oxford. They've got the best wide receivers, in the, arguably, in the division. Uh, Shea Patterson's maybe the best quarterback uh, in, in, the, in the conference in terms of what he can do and what's around him. They have no defense. He feels like he's got to score 50 every time to win. Uh, the corners from LSU in the passing game uh, for Ole Miss, that'll be a challenge. So you may be asking a different question next week. You could be saying, well, LSU's just a Jekyll and Hyde. I, I don't know, Kevin. I'll, I'll say this. If LSU does back this win up by going into Oxford and winning in a rivalry game, against a team that really has nothing to lose. They're not going to go to a bowl game. They're playing with house money. That's their approach. Then if LSU wins that game, then they're a threat not just to uh, A&M. They're, they're a threat to just about anybody they play because they've got personnel. At every position except quarterback, they've really got good personnel. So, But that's really the nature of college football right now. If you look at the SEC, after Georgia and Alabama, everybody – I think people thought Auburn was there. Clearly, clearly they're not, uh, and yet they were ranked number ten last week. I, I think there's a bunch of average teams in that league. LSU is one of them, and in a given week, they they might show that they could be above average, as they did last week. But, but they certainly can be below. They proved that against Troy. Well, let's let's move a little further west and let's go to uh, Austin, Texas. And I'd like to know what you mm-hmm. think of the uh, qu- the freshman quarterback Sam Ellinger and the way love he him. Uh, I love that kid. He's got a he's got a toughness about him and a uh, an energy about him. And they, you got to remember this too. Uh, he's much more the quarterback that Herman is comfortable rolling with than the Bouchelle kind of quarterback. All right. So philosophically. He fits more into what Tom Herman's all about than Bouchelle ever would have. All right? I like what you so, did with the word rolling there. <laughs> no, because he, he's a, he, he moves. He, 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 you yeah, like he does. Because he, he, he can roll out. Yeah. He can move. He's not a pot. But, oh, look at Kevin. Kevin's making faces <laughs> But, at you know, Barry's just trying to pick out uh, alliteration no, here. No, Tim, no, no. But, 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 so I mean, let, let me ask you this, Tim. Now, I was at that game, and I, but unfortunately at the end of the game I'm, I'm up – uh, now they they heard us out of the press box, and you go around right. and you get ready for the press conferences and all that. So right. I'm watching right. the end of the game from an end zone, and uh, I could not see the play in which Sam Ellinger hit his head. 
And now there's been a lot of discussion about the fact of whether he was knocked out on that play, uh, and uh, and then and yet they sent him back in. So at the press conferences afterwards, someone asked a question about him and the concussion protocol, and of course I had no idea what they were even talking about at that it's point. Because you concussed, probably. Yeah, so. but anyway, at any rate, uh, I don't know if you got to see the play on the sideline. I did not see it until later on. No, I did not. Yeah, no, I did. So not. there's a there's a question there about that type of thing. Do you do you think? Uh, that uh, in in uh, college football today in games is as as much publicity as they get now that it's possible that uh, that players are getting sitting back on fields uh, and they're not prepared to go back in. I don't. No, I think there's way too much at stake there. Uh, player safety is now such an issue, and it clearly shows up with some of these god awful targeting calls that happen week after week. Um, that they're always erring on the cautious side because they're afraid of lawsuits. You know, one significant lawsuit against an institution over, you know, a head injury of any kind could really do in the college game. They They don't have the financial wherewithal or even the infrastructure, okay, to take on such a lawsuit. So I can't imagine. I think it's unfathomable that with games televised the way they are, you know, 4K, you know, HD out the wazoo, the Internet probably, and and at times the views and the reactions of those uh, on the games that we're doing, uh, they're getting, you know, angles that we don't even get sometimes quickly, and you'll see them in social networking on Saturdays, even before maybe I have, and I'm thinking I've got every angle imaginable in the booth, so... No, I, I, I understand how it can come up and maybe be a, uh, uh, a copy point in a given situation. I did not see this one uh, specifically because I was busy getting ready for my own game at that point. Uh, and going back and forth between that uh, LSU game and, and the Texas uh, uh, game with Oklahoma at the same time. So I missed that. Um, but, but I do think if, if the question is, do coaches send them in? without having gone through concussion protocol, I can't believe that. I wouldn't believe that if someone suggested it, even with a coach that I don't particularly care for. Under uh, under any circumstances, I can't imagine that happening. If you were a betting man like, say, Brent Musburger or maybe Al Michaels, <laughs> who would you bet to be the Big 12 champion at the end of the season? You know, right now, TCU, because – the the, uh, the odds are in their favor. You know, just, just win, baby. It's all right there in front of them. Gary's team has really responded defensively. You know, I thought, now granted, K-State was without their, their quarterback last week, so they were playing a little bit one-handed. But that win against Oklahoma State, fellas, really impressed me. Uh, I was somewhat impressed with the Arkansas win, but I kind of thought that was an overinflated Razorback uh, impression that a lot of people had. So I didn't put as much stock in the win over Arkansas as I did with Oklahoma State. I thought, and you guys remember this, we were talking at the beginning of the season, I think in the first ballsy podcast I was on before football started, I thought Oklahoma State was just loaded. And I still do. I still think they're the most talented team in the Big 12. But... That win TCU got over them was absolutely legitimate. And with the games that they have in front of them now, 
I'd say that they're in the they're in the best possible position. And you still may have to beat Oklahoma State again, or you might have to beat uh, OU. But I think right now you've got to give TCU the edge. Why wouldn't you give TCU the edge unless unless something happens to Kenny Hill, unless something happens to you know maybe some of those big ticket receivers and running backs they have? But and by the way, that kid we we should say very quietly has has become the kind of leader and quarterback that I think we all thought he would be way back in his days at A and M. Yeah, he's playing much better now, and he's putting them in a good position. They're, they've got to play in Norman. They got to beat Oklahoma up there, and that'll be a real test. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree. They're, I mean, if Iowa State can win in Norman, why, why can't? They? <laughs> yeah. And if that happens, I think they may run Lincoln Riley out of town uh, a little prematurely. <laughs> Listen, Tim. It's always great to have you on. We love it. Uh, love having you on, and we know that you've uh, you've got things that you've got to do. You kind of held on for us after all our technical difficulties before this podcast actually came on. You would never guess that we'd had so many uh, problems, uh, considering how smoothly this has all gone since then. We're trying to run a podcast without telephones. Yeah, yeah. Not a problem. Uh, can I give you guys? Uh, I think I can. I think I'm, no one said I couldn't say it. I have a little breaking news for you. Go All ahead. right, we like that. You guys, you guys like breaking news, don't you? Sure, we sure. do. I, I believe, and I'm, again, I, 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 listen. I, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a third member in the booth on on Saturday night. Oh, so, is his initials LM? LM? The hat, the hat, the hat. I'm told maybe uh, with uh, Spencer Tillman and myself. Is that right? How yes. about that? Yeah. Wow. That would be exciting. Yeah. Always great to have him yeah. on board. Is he going to have? Is he going to have a job next year? Coaching job. That is unless he's hired at Tennessee first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be great to have the Mad Hatter back in college football. I mean, I think, well, isn't it amazing how the perception of Les Miles's career at LSU has changed after seven weeks of this college football season? That's absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. It's amazing. So. Yeah, he's been with us once before, and I think he's going to rejoin uh, Spencer and myself. And, of course, Holly Saunders will be down on the sidelines. So if you get bored and you want to work on your golf game, you might look her up. She can help you with your short game. There you go. Thanks, Tim Brando. Great to have you on. My pleasure, fellas. Anytime. Thanks, Tim. There goes Tim Brando. I'd, I'd like to compliment you on not, on not responding or not taking the, the Holly Sanders uh, bait that he threw out there. No. I'm not taking any. I'm not taking any. Because you're a happily anybody. you're a happily married man. <laughs> yes, I'm a very happily married man. Great to have Tim on to talk about college football. He's I wish got, he'd have an opinion. You on know something. what? It, it, it's hard to get it out of him. You got to just pull it out of the guy. Uh, I like he went right, he went straight to the expanded playoff format. And, and he, he, it, it's a sensible argument to have. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Because I, you, I sense a Sherrington column coming up. Yeah, on this. absolutely. I, I thought, well, why not? You know, you can always pull that one out. Yeah, uh, that's good. You know, have this have the system the way it is look bad, and maybe they'll change the system. Uh, well, that would do it. I think if if uh, if it comes down to Georgia and Alabama, just like we talked about, I, I think that could really do it. Oh, absolutely. Or the because two or two Big Ten teams. Can you imagine the other conferences? What they would say? That team just lost, and you now have them, and now you're going to have them in a rematch because they'd be one and four. In right. the semis, right? Right, right. So they would right. play. They play each other two games in a row. Now, how crazy would that? That would be? be. That would kind of be like the Big Twelve. Oh my gosh, it's just just a disaster. So, anyway, we have other podcasts going on. We have a, a podcast coming up with uh, our good friend John Mashota. Talk a little Cowboys. Talk a little Cowboys this week. 
And we may have an Evan Rangers podcast. We're not Evan sure. Gr- we don't know. We Evan. We cannot locate Evan. No, we can't. We think he's in Arizona. Is there a bagel place in, in Surprise that we could call up? And You know, Archie's I mean, Deli closed, and so that's the real problem for us out there at Surprise. So there's, there's no telling where Evan is right now. No telling. No telling. So... Anyway, if you see him, uh, give us a call. Let us know. Any sightings of Evan Grant would be great. And he's not hard to distinguish. No, he is not. Look for Uncle Fester. Look for, all right, so for Kevin Sherrington. And, uh, and Barry Horn. We'll say thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.